This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold. Thank you for being here. This week we have uh, part two of my interview with the hilarious, fun, I, I love this woman, Jackie Fabulous. I love her name. I love everything about her. So I hope you enjoy that. I know that this is the beginning of the end. Well, it's the end of the end of summer, which is um, kind of depressing. But look, we have the climate change, so it'll uh, stay warm. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. Uh, sit back. Relax. And um, I hope you laugh. Laugh and think. Those are my two favorites. So you you work at Caltech in Pasadena and you got fired, but you had been doing stand-up at night. Um, yeah. and you had taken this class and after you got fired, we're like, I'm going for it. This and you it. got unemployment. I got the day I got fired. I remember I called David Arnold. He's a, a comedian. I, I love David Arnold. I have him written down that guy. Oh. What did we do together? We did something together. He's so fucking funny. And his wife is really hot. And he has, he's yep. just a great guy. I love that he guy. Is. If you talk was, to him, will you tell him I said hi? I will. I will. I he was like him. one of my he was one of my involuntary mentors when I lived in Cali. I forced it when I met him. I'm like, oh, I need to have you coach right. me. I uh, I called him the day I got fired. I remember I, I got fired. I remember and I went to Macy's afterwards. I think. Oh, how Jewish of you! Yes. And I was and I was shocked. I guess I was like, okay, time. I was sad. Right. So let me buy something. And I remember I called him, and he and the first thing he said to me was, "Good, fuck that job. You don't want to be there." And and he said that I remember I texted Rodney Perry and he was like, good. And Ron, like I, I texted like three black male comedians because that's who I was always around. Right. And they were all like, good. You don't want to be there. You're good. You, I, we all told you why you got this goddamn job. Right. So when but it, I see, I see why you had the job. I mean, the fear from your parents yeah. of like not having or being. Yeah. Yes. And I have to work. And, you know, right. and, I, and I got unemployment for five years. Thank you, Obama, at the, the top limit. So I was OK. You know, right. you were, it's always it's always devastating to get fired. But right. I needed it. You know, I find it fascinating that your supporters were black male comics. For the most uh, part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And I feel like I had, you know, I had mentors like, you know, Susie Essman was really wonderful and, and a guiding light. But I had mostly, you know, women comics who I could go to who were going through the same shit and, and just that I was or yeah. had gone through the same shit. And I just, you know, I love that. And, and first of all, 
Chris Rock and I started about the same time. And I've, I've told the story multiple times on the podcast. And when Catch a Rising Star, which was the club on first, it was the club, you know, heard, yeah. they had before phones, they had backup comedians sit at the bar in case someone didn't show up on the weekend because there was no way for them to contact. They were stuck in traffic. The train didn't work. <laughs> and you would get paid 50 bucks to sit there in case someone didn't show up. And Chris Rock oh. and I were the backups. My God. And we used to sit at the bar. He He's just the fucking great. I love that guy. Why can't I find anything on your relationship? Like the Will Smith thing. Um, you were friends with Will or? No, no, no not friends. We, I, I booked a show. Right. With uh, him. That, that he was producing and it was shot in Vegas. And when I went to do the show, that, I met him there. And that's yeah. it. We had a very, we had several conversations and a very cordial exchanges. And right. I, I decided from that meeting when I met him that I actually loved him because he was right. a real person. He is a real person. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and- yeah. I know a, a friend of mine just read his book and said, it's just amazing, but it's just that, that other thing is just awful, you know, that know. he, whatever. Um, okay. I, I can't with that. It's a lot to unpack. I know it's hard to get into all that. It's stuff. just like that whole thing with, with mm-hmm. Will and Chris, you know, yeah. it was just when I was, did you, I don't know if you watched it live, yeah, I no, I don't know. No, I didn't. I heard. I saw it, and then I'm like, "There's no fucking way." Oh, so lo- watching it, yeah. So watching it live, I remember yeah. we were watching it with friends, and it happened. He went up there, and and I knew immediate. I mean, because I've known Chris for so long, and I've been a comedian for so long, I knew immediately that was not planned. Yeah. And some people were like, oh, that was and I'm like, no. And I got physically ill. I got physically ill. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Watching that, like this guy's doing a fucking stupid joke about a movie at a fucking, you know, award show about films. Yeah. You you know, and it the first thing Chris said was over uh, whatever the name of the movie was over. uh, The fuck is the name of the movie with the uh, G.I. Jane? Yeah. He said over a G.I. Jane joke because. For a comic, it's about G.I. Jane. It's not about, you know, whatever. So that made you know, me sick to my stomach. And, and Will's apology, guy, he did, like, mention that we all, I've heard that he he's, like, because of my history with Chris. So, you know, you know what part of this that no one ever understands or, or cares about or talks about is, like, when men have history, and we don't know what the history is, right. this shit could be so trifling and horrible or yeah. just silly, and we don't know what triggered Will to be like, I got to handle this now. Like, we probably snap, blacked out. Right. Yeah, that's a blackout. It's also, yeah, it's also, that's their go. Like, I know I have two boys, you know. Conflict resolution is beating the shit out of your brother. You know, yeah. that's what it is. Like, fuck you. And I'm like, stop, you know, stop it. Yeah. Just yeah. we're women and we're like, let's talk it out. Let's just yeah. smash it in the feelings. Um, <laughs> I love this, but you end up. Oh, yes. I wrote David Arnold mentor. And and it was interesting that you said after you got fired and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something that you missed about having a day job, which was the structure of having getting up and knowing what you were going to do for eight hours because you would get up and do your shit for eight hours. But then you would go out. Then you had another life. But you were a not bored. And obviously, I know as someone who worked for a little while before I, I you're thinking about something else at work all day long. You're thinking about, yeah. oh, when I get on stage, when I get on stage. So you have something exactly. to look forward to. You know what I used to love when I would have like hot ass shows on the weekend yeah. and go to work on Monday and they're like, how was your weekend? And in my head, I'm like, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, I know, right? Unreal. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, and you're like, what did you do? And they're like, 
Oh, um, we planted uh, some basil? tomato plants and basil yeah. in the garden. <laughs> and we watched. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I was at a club and I met this one and I worked with that. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so you uh, you then went on last. La- was it? Uh, what's the fucking last, show? Last, last comic, comic standing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was eliminated during the commercial break. I know. I love it. But here's the thing. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like uh, competitions around comedy because it's such it's such a subjective thing. You know what I mean? You know what's funny? And this is and this is probably the only time it'll be a public story. Um, I remember I did it. I got critiqued by Roseanne and Keenan Ivory Wayans and Norm MacDonald. Uh, rest in peace. And I was livid, still livid, because of, of, of Norm McDonald's um, critique of me. And it's probably on tape somewhere, I don't know. But when I was done with my set, Roseanne was like, I love her, blah, 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 blah. And Norm said, I'm not sure what you were talking about, but I think you're gorgeous and I want you to come back. That is so objectifying. There is a tape. I, want, I can't. Oh, this, you can find that. You can find that. And I was, and I, and I, at the time, I was so outside of my mind. Like I'm on TV, I'm not really here, but I'm here. And Keenan was like, "You came out here with a lot of swag and blah blah blah." They both put me down for being confident, right? Right. You know, I made the audience laugh, and Roseanne was like, "She great. What's the problem?" You know, like well, let's go on. Isn't so, it incredible? Isn't it fucking incredible it that unreal. they that they objectify? You're not a con- like look. I st- when I started, it was like this was my intro. Our next comic is female. She's a woman comic, like, oh, oh, and and I've told this story a million times as well. But then I would get on stage and say that was our MC. He's male. He has balls and a cock. He has a penis. He's he's standing like I just give it right back to them. But it's so off putting when they're judging you. And objectifying you. And Roseanne, the only female, is like, she's funny. That's all that matters is she's fucking funny. And they're like, she's pretty. And you have confidence. He, Fuck you. He didn't keep talking about how much swagger I had. And I, and I must, oh, I you like, deserve to have fucking swagger. Fuck you. A lot of guys don't like when women have too much confidence. I even, know. Like how long they've been doing it. And I'm right. like, eat a dick, all of y'all. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, Okay. <laughs> You have talked about oh, so yes, I getting eliminated over the on the commercial break, which <laughs> and it reminded me I did Chopped All Stars. Yeah, and I don't know if you felt like this, but so we did the um on the Food Network, and it was me, Layla Ali, Joey Fatone, and um, Johnny Weir, mm-hmm. and uh, they had the, the um the appetizer where you open the basket the. Yeah. And I, of course, my food tasted great. I got eliminated for presentation. I'm the mother of two boys. I'm not fucking, I'm, you know, look like. I'm not, not going to get parsley in yeah. the yeah. plate. Right. So meanwhile, Johnny Weir, who's never cooked in his life, doesn't even season the chicken, but has flowers and, and he <laughs> fucking doesn't get eliminated. Okay. And I got eliminated after the first thing. And I remember. I, I had PTSD. I had chopped PTSD. CP. <laughs> Getting eliminated is so. What isn't it just? Especially when you know you're qualified. You're like, yes! look, people. You and, got, give me at least round three for fuck's right. sake. Were you devastated and couldn't say anything? I was. Yeah. I remember I was devastated, and I was told I, they made me come back that Friday and go to full hair and makeup in yeah. case there was a wild card spot because Wanda Sykes and Paige Hurwitz, they were the producers, Paige Hurwitz. Yeah. 
And they were like, Jackie, come back on Friday. Because this is clearly, we thought you'd last a little longer than that. I came back on Friday and they were still like, nope. So I'm like, okay, y'all just see we're we're here, page want. know exactly what's up. Okay. Yeah. And I like, love them. They fucking minute. rock. Yeah. And Paige is another one who has, you know, got, she was a stand up. The best producers are stand up are people who, and the best club owners are people who have been on the fucking stage know. and know exactly what it's like. And Every so time I page, I'm like, you want to do a set? She's like, Jackie, yeah. I am not a comic. I'm like, yes, you are. Yeah. Forever. I don't give a shit yeah. what you do. And Wanda's the fucking, I just fucking love her. Anyway, and that's funny that you, so they thought, oh, we're going to have, because they knew your talent. And it's yeah, same, like, same with Chopped. The next, in the entree portion, they open the basket and there's matzah in there. So they thought I was going next, matzah. Um, <laughs> they thought I was not going to be eliminated, the producers, because <laughs> they put matzah in and none of those people knew what the fuck to do with matzah. I would have made matzah bright, but yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I remember I, I texted and relied a lot on Tony Baker because he was on the show with me. Yeah, I was. He, he talked me down from like all this sadness and depression. And he's like, who? He was like, you. This is what you do. Fuck this show. Yeah, it's so, just like three fucking people. Two of them are not a pre- Yeah. Hey everyone, you know one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which. Yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen they're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. 
<laughs> then went on America's Got Talent. Um, yeah. And, so, and- which I can't believe you would do that after that fucking experience. The year before yeah. I did EGT, I remember I was like, my uh, producer from the show was like, you want to come audition for the producers, you know, right to it. And I'm like, I, and I was like, I don't want to do reality. I, I told myself yeah. never do a contest again. So I did the audition in Pasadena and I phoned it in. And of course, nothing happened. The following year, I was like, all right, the show is clearly a big deal. Right. <laughs> let me let me hit him up and be like, can I try again? So right. I, they say, OK, send us a video. They go, OK, just come back and do the show. I'm right. like, audition? like, no, just come do it. You're clearly a pro. So they made me get over the stigma of, you know, don't don't do a contest again because they were so they wanted me so bad. They, they were so right. like, please come. Right. You're, you're clearly so you funny. felt you felt um, welcome. I felt welcome. right and validated. Yeah, and exactly. Even though it's uh, you know, competing against poodles and horses and shit. Right. It's, but, <laughs> but I know. But that feeling of going into hair and makeup at last comic standing like, oh, well, we're going to prep you for rejection for a yeah, possible rejection. I, I so remember fucking, the, Yeah, the it's so fucking soul crushing. You know, it's funny that you, you wanted to be a lawyer because Jillian on Ryan's Hope had such an ego. And here you are in this fucking every night. You don't know what the fuck you're going to feel like after you say, yeah. all right. Is it just? Do you, I want last comic standing to come back. Do you? Uh, why? Why wouldn't it come back now? Wouldn't it be a good time now? I, I guess so. I just wish they would be fucking nicer. You know, there's gonna yeah. be a. I don't know, but people are just so fucking mean. Anyway, so uh, you then go on America's Got Talent, and Simon comes on stage. Yeah, I'm still shocked about that. <laughs> And he hates stand up, right? He doesn't. He's not a big stand up person. Everyone told me prior. Everyone there and backstage who like didn't work there but kind of worked there. They were like, I don't know if you know this, but we um, Simon doesn't like comedy. And I'm like, and it's always a nice thing to say before you're going. And on I was stage. like, why have I been told this six times? Right. Like, what, does he not laugh ever? I've seen him laugh. <laughs> right. So I so I just I took that like I do every other show. I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna do do this set. So I went out there and did it, and I was surprised how happy he was. But I, but I, because even though it's him, you know what your power is, and I know how. I know I'm, I know that I'm going to disarm whomever is out there, whether right, I win right. round two. I'm going to be funny. You can tell me to go home, but I'm. Right. You can't tell me I'm not funny. So I wasn't right. worried about that. So I was. Right. You can't take that shit it. away from me. That but I love when me. I heard you in an interview say it was really. You really just want to be, be validated by um, Howie because he's a comic. And yeah, yeah exactly. and, he, and he did. He said, you're fucking funny. I mean, there was what who was the judge, the model judge who just didn't get comedy, who was on that. And Heidi Klum, she's on yeah. it now. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I, you can't have someone without. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Everyone, everyone like Jackie, not that you're not great, but to your credit, you had two American women when you did your season. Where right. now they have two women who are not American and they might have been little. But I also but women, like you said before, once my philosophy, when I perform in any club or any room, once I get the women to laugh, the set is done. Right. You're done. You have them on your side and you, and your comedy is so based in, you know, it's it's truth and it's positive. It's like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Fuck you if you don't yeah. like it. And that's what I love about it. And, and I think women are like, yeah, it's empowering yeah. to women. You know, yeah. it is. OK, you get on America's Got Talent, which kind of 
got you so much road work. Um, oh, yeah, right before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, yeah was- right before the pandemic. And you you talked about, I heard you talk about being alone on the road and how horrible it is, which I've also talked about on the yeah. podcast about, you know, but you're lucky. You have a computer, you have FaceTime. I know, listeners, shut up. But we had nothing. We had no phone. We had no computer. Uh, I would bring books and my clarinet. And um, I, I, swear to God, I had one suitcase that was a junk drawer just to entertain me. Uh-huh. Um, you couldn't use this, the phone in the hotel. It was too expensive. Like it was so isolating. Wow, a different world. Okay. I wanted to throw up. Like I, if I actually sat here and went back to, and weeks, two weeks, three weeks, not interacting with people except at the fucking club, you know, and yeah. being the only woman. Cause there was never another woman on the show and it was just fucking nauseating. So I get it. But I also think you're lucky that you're on the road at this point where you can have interaction. I have all kinds yeah. of entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Um, you move back to New York because you're bored in LA, which yeah, I, I love. Another, happened. Just left. Yeah. You just left you, you're, and you start and your career's just about to boom. Your father dies. Is it right before you moved back? He, um, he, died, he died five years ago. So right five years. I wrote. I wrote two thousand. Yeah. yeah, seventeen. Okay, I tried to figure it out from. An, uh, now, you know how bored I was. Like, and I never said this on, but I guess I should start being more honest. I let I let Toyota repo my car. That's how much I wanted to leave. I I, I wow. I, was, I paid them no problem. I made enough money to pay that car note. But I was like, I had, I was just so, I was auditioning for everything, big shit, not booking anything. So I just felt like whatever I was, just, I was a regular to every club in LA, but I was also not getting, I wasn't becoming a better comic. I was very right. complacent and no discredit to LA, but sometimes I would do shows and I'm like, I'm tired of being like the funniest one. Right. I shouldn't be. And I'm like, if I'm always, if I'm finding them more often than not, like the audience is like, you were the best one. You were the best. I'm, I'm in the wrong club right. I'm, I'm around the wrong comics i'm not getting better i'm I'm just coasting so i'm like i i'm not gonna lie 90 percent of the reason why i moved back to new york is i wanted to become a better comic and if i didn't have the seller with open arms like oh come come to us i probably wouldn't have moved back the way i did but i'm like i have a place to work right i have a home to live in i can i'm i can i'm you i know the trains i don't have to have a car right i let everything go and as soon as i came back everything that i kind of wanted started to happen so it's it's amazing because people always ask me young comics oh i'm gonna go to la i'm gonna go to la and i go okay well what's your goal do you want to be a great comic or do you want to you know be in tv and you know and they're like, no, I want to be a good comic. I said, the only place is New York audiences don't let you get away with anything. The seller, Esty, will not. I, I fucking love Esty. I just want to say. I love you too. I've known her since, oh my God, 35 years. I started working there in 1987. Okay. Esty is the fucking queen. And, and Noam, and that place is is a true, uh, I don't, I don't even know how to, it's like my home. It's like home. It's like, even on the days when, you know, you're just, you know, you just got rejected and, you know, and then you walk in there and you're like, Oh, this is what it's all about. You know, it's a fam. It's, it's, I can't, I don't even know what to say. It's like my family. I know. Um, yeah. And so thank and you. Liz too. Shout out to Liz. Oh, too. fucking Liz is the fucking, 
fucking best. Liz, Liz Mariotti, artery, I fucking love you. Love Liz. She is the best. Liz is the fucking queen ass best. I love her more than anything. And I love that everyone's afraid of her. Oh, I was just about to say, it's my favorite thing when comedians are like, I think Liz hates me. I know, I love don't give a fuck about about you, you motherfucker. (laughs) She doesn't give a shit. They're all afraid of Esty and Liz, and it's fucking great. I'm like, um, I love them. They're the, the sweetest women. Why are y'all scared? Because they're they're just, you know what? They're fucking what? strong, smart women. Liz is the fucking, uh, uh, thank I you for love, bringing up Liz, because now yeah. she can fucking kill me. Anyway, so you moved to New York City, uh, October uh-huh. 2019. How did your, um, so your father died. Did you come back for the funeral? How I did. did. You- I, I came back for a month in June when he passed away for the funeral. And then I went, I went on right back. And was, was it? Like, what how's how did your mother deal with that and your aunt shirley and your oh, sister I, I remember when i got the phone call of course at the crack of dawn which is the worst call to get from your family right was it was it were you expecting it or it was so no, i remember it was about it was about between 1 and 3 a.m and my aunt called me and said that he was uh had blood clot and he went to the hospital and he didn't make it and then she knows but my aunt always sounds like somebody died She's right. a very sad sounding woman. <laughs> she always has this voice of, oh, Jackie, Lord, I'm uh, that's her. Right. Oh, got you gotta her. put that in your act. Oh, I do, I do. All right, then, good. And then my mother got on the phone. The first thing my mother said, I remember to this day, she said, Jackie, I just don't know. Her first word. And I'm like, that and that's when I realized it wasn't my it was my dad who passed, but we weren't close. It was her husband, her right. life partner, her best friend of 50 years who died. So that's when I realized, oh, this is big for me, but it is the world for her, my mom and my aunt, because he was their hero. So, yeah, it was it was. But he also not but and he had Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. It progressed really quickly. And I could tell when he passed, like I saw him maybe a few months before he passed. I could tell that he was ready and on his way and preparing because he had taken my mother to teach her how the car worked. Teach her how things. Oh made. yeah, 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 yeah. He did all that. He gave. I, I remember he had a really, he had a really gigantic gold ring that I wear all the time, and I took it. And I'm like, can I have it? And he was like, you know what? You can have it now. And I and I remember to this day, he, I'm like, he was giving shit away. He was. He knew. He knew. He knew. That's he knew. so nice of him to do that for your mother because there's yeah. so many women of that generation who knew nothing and know yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um. So your father dies. You then in 2019. October of 2019, you move back to New York and you live in your room that you grew up in, in the Bronx with your mom and your aunt. What does your sister do? My sister is, she just got her master's in social work from Hunter College. Wow. Smarty pants. Yeah. So she's in her own apartment about two miles from us. She's working. Oh, Oh, I love her. Her life. Yeah. And my aunt lives in the apartment downstairs. So in the main house with a two bed to whatever is me and my mom. So it's a, it's a lot of space, but, you know, and I would be more inclined to live there if she would let me make room for me. But it's a shrine to my dead dad. It's khaki right. everywhere, trucker hats everywhere. Right. Appreciate his suits. I'm like, if you would let me throw all this shit away or give it she away. She can't let go. She can't let go. So there's no room for me there emotionally or physically. That's too bad. <laughs> You know, my, I find it interesting, you know, the Jews, I'm a Jew, um, yeah. you know, they bury right away because you're supposed yeah. to remember. I love that. Get them. The person. Get them yeah. Get them Bye. You're dead. You're gone. Thank and you. you remember the person as they were when they were alive. Yeah. But yeah, I remember, you know, my mother got rid of his stuff pretty 
quickly or in a, in a normal amount, because psychologically you have to move on with your life. You can keep some things, but yeah, you can't walk into a house of a person who's been dead for, you know, my mother's not a rational person. So that's who she is. So, but you know, to each his own, um, in her eighties. So fucking do what you want. Yeah. So you, um, came back, you have been working nonstop. Uh, you do motivational speaking. I love that your mother's favorite comics are Kathy Griffin and Chris Rock. I remember um, she was like, she's like, they're funny, Jackie. When I told her I wanted to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, love that. She's got a good taste in comedy. Very good taste. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have a couple questions. Were okay. you really arrested for stalking? Not for stalking, but for gun possession. <gasps> tell, tell. Well, I was 18 and I was 18. Me and my girlfriend, 18. We got in our guy friend's car, another 18 year old innocent dude. But he made an illegal left turn. Oh, sorry. He we went joyriding in his new uh, Nissan Maxima black, mm. the little boxy, little boxy yeah. one. Yeah. And we're driving. I'm in the front and the passenger girlfriend's in the back. He stopped, let his boy in the car to, to continue the fun. But, but he made an illegal left turn and that made the cops stop us. But then when the cops stopped us, the guy he let in freaked out because he had a gun on him. We didn't know. Took the gun out of his person and put under the seat of the car. Yeah. But because to do that, his head disappeared from the window. Oh, boy. So the cops were like, everybody got to get out now. We got to see what's going on. And they searched the car and the law in New York, I don't know where else, but when there's a weapon in the car, everybody got to get arrested. Right. And we'll figure out later. Oh, my them. God. So you got arrested. And then who did you call? I, well, oh, they, I, I got arrested. We got brought to the precinct and then I called my family. And they, what were they like freaking out? Actually, we got brought to the precinct, but I didn't see my family until the arraignment. So it was me. And, but I was lucky, though, because I had my girlfriend. They, they kept us together the whole time. So, and I remember to this day, because I had her, we were, of course, crying for the first 11, 13 right. hours. But then at some point, the crying stopped and we started joking around. We're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're what else like, are going to do? We're here. And I remember we were in this cell. They moved us from the cell alone, me and her, to the major cell where all the girls were. And this one, this one guard kept coming around to do a head count. Yeah. And I remember Audrey, the girlfriend with me, she was like, who the fuck? Who are we going? Are we going to clean these bricks? Bitch, we are here. You keep doing a head count every hour. <laughs> We're like, how is security here? It must be horrible because people are leaving. Where the fuck are we going? So, I, and we, I remember to this day, we were joking around. We're like, clearly, this is it. So, were you scared with the other women or were you making them laugh? No, I don't think, I don't know if I was making them laugh, but I wasn't scared. I was kind oh, of. <laughs> I was kind. This is what it is, you know. And who's leaving? <laughs> yeah, that's I was hilarious. A head count. We're like, bitch. The same people are here. Right. 
That's so funny. I've never um, thought about that till, till now. I love <laughs> <laughs> What did you wear? Were you in your regular clothes? I was wearing a peach rayon short set, a, a T-shirt. <laughs> it was peach and rayon, and I had the Hirachi's leather sandals. And my hair was probably like this, because I've always oh, had God, my hair the funny. same way. And I remember I was sitting And you had the nails? Did you have the nails? Oh, yeah. I was all girly. I was, my, I was in a summer outfit. And I was sitting on the edge of the, of the bench. And I remember the men came in. And you know, the men could see us because why not have them see all the right. women and make it more comfortable? And one guy walked past us and said, one guy walked past me and said, he said, baby girl, what you in here for? <laughs> I looked so cute. <laughs> I remember. Did you answer him? I didn't say a word. I oh, was like, God. I'm not going to explain shit to you. I want to get out of here. <laughs> I'll tell the girls why I'm here. But right. like, man, keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay. Uh, you have said that you love comedy more than anything. I am same. And I... And what's funny is Elisa, my girlfriend, because I, you know, I do so much research and then I'll watch your sets and stuff. And so she was watching you and she's laughing. And there was one thing where you said, I love comedy more than, you know, having a relationship more than, you know, and and she's like, um, but that is the sign. I'm just whispering because she's upstairs. But that is the sign of a true comic. It's true. I couldn't live with that. You know, I could not live without being able to get on stage and make people laugh. You know, I made my guy so like worried the other day. The other day we were at his house and I was bored. You know what I mean? And I was and I said to him, I'm going to go to the cellar. And he was like, you don't have you're not booked tonight. I said, yeah, but they probably put me up. And I want to go hang out and just, I don't want to be right. here. bored. And he didn't understand. Like I had some place to go. Right. Every day. If I'm right. bored, I can just go anywhere. Probably anywhere besides the cellar and go do a set. And they don't, they don't understand that feeling. I want to be around people like me sometimes. Right. And we talk differently to, you know, than to each other. We, we speak differently. We're, had, what are I've you had, laughing at, Dar? I have not heard you laugh this much. On uh, podcast. Oh, she told a story of <laughs> being in jail because and, and the outfit she wore and it's okay. So Elisa, who goes upstairs when I do my podcast, yeah. just said I've never <laughs> because the vision of you sitting there in that fucking outfit Peach. and the head count. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Elisa. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I love that you say your flaws are fabulous. Yes, um, I, I love you how you're going to have catchphrases to try and get a career. <laughs> oh, but uh, it's true. Like, okay. Yes. So I'm a big woman. You're a big woman. Um, we take up space, which is also the, the reason guys are intimidated by us because, you know, you have these petite women with big mouths. They don't take up physical space, but we take up physical space and we have big mouths. Um, and I'm usually wearing something that's glow in the dark. Yeah. Right. And I just <laughs> fucking love that about you. And I love that you empower other women. I love that you talk to women um, about, you know, just being confident. Oh, shut up. We got the look at this. This is how Laura, Laura, what? our producer in the chat. Well, this is amazing. 
We need to start wrapping up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Laura. You think I don't know what time it is? I don't think you know what time it is because you're so wrapped up in this amazing conversation. And it wasn't a smiley face. It was a heart. Oh, I don't know what it is. It doesn't come out. It looks like a fucking, you know, parentheses in a fucking line. Okay. I will, I will, I'm going to tell you to shut the fuck up. All right. Yeah. What? I will, I will admit, though, I've had a low key crush on you forever because you're never around long. You're always like, hey, guy, bye. And then you're gone again. I rarely get to, I never spend time with you longer than a five minute. Oh. You're so tall. You're this statuesque, amazing talent. Oh, I've been you for years. Jackie, I love you for that. Um, I know I leave because I'm like, old now. You're like, a, you're like a tornado. You come in, you're like, all right, this is what's going on. And bye. <laughs> I do. I just appear and disappear. But, you know, thank you. That means a lot. Um, I, I just love you. I, I loved you when I first saw you. I love your I love and people love you. Other comics love you, which is huge huge y-u-g-e um likability i would say is 85 percent of my career people underestimate how likability almost is more important than talent (laughs) well likability because also then you get away with saying shit you know what i mean if they don't like you you can't get away with half the shit you want to say you can't be like here's my abortion story right right what's going on yeah no sorry (laughs) um all right I love you. I'm not, I'm going to yep. hang out more. I'm going to, but I've been in Provincetown. I'm writing a show. Um, oh. I'm writing, I, you know, I wrote this book about free speech. Yes. Um, and then I'm doing a solo show based on the book. So I've been, I'm here writing. Always and, busy. That's why I look up to you also. You always uh, find a way to have a because, job. You know what? It. Yes. This is what I've learned in the 40 fucking years I've been doing. You have to reinvent yourself. You have to create content when you are a fucking woman and when, you know, you have to make the opportunities for yourselves. And so I wrote that book and then um, I'm going to do a solo show based on the book and then I'm still doing stand up here. And it's just like, yeah, it's about being creative and that I share that, that, you know, I'm not going to be bored. I'm going to do something creative I remember years um, ago, Kathy Griffin, when she had her show, she was like, I have, she said, you have to have your hand in all the fires. Right. They're like, why? Because I'm a woman. Right. That's why I said that years ago. I remember. You got to go look. There's a, there's a, an interview with Joan, Alan King interviews, Joan Rivers. Um, it's, uh, it's at the, I saw it at the museum of broadcasting, but I think you can get it online. And she's, and she's in her fifties when, when he, she gets interviewed and he's like, you're a legend, you're this, you have everything. And she goes, no one wants a woman over 50. Like you have no fucking idea. And the ageism plus the misogyny plus the racism plus the homophobia. It's just, it's like, go fuck yourself, you know? And all these, I love these white guy comics now who are like, I was about to say that. Then they yeah. put them yeah, it's really hard for me right now. It's really hard. You don't know what it's like to be. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm so sorry. No one wants to hear your fucking stories about jerking off to porn with your Xbox, you fucking asshole. Every okay. time they're like, "Oh, white guys," they don't want white guys right now. I'm like, "You're right. Go to fuck. Go to hell." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Um. Okay. I asked my podcast guests two questions. Ready? And I, I just yes. want to say, I know that it is three hours earlier for you. The fact that you have false eyelashes on, full makeup. Oh, no, it's their extensions. Okay. Oh, I got to get that. Get them and they last for a All while. Right. But yeah, okay, whatever. I, I, I was asleep when you 
I was asleep. It's 8 30. Oh, that's nice. I know, but but, what I, the fuck? but it's Judy. Wake up. Woo! Okay, these are the two questions I ask. Number one. Yes. What do you do? We're very pro mental health. I have depression, anxiety, OCD, and ADHD. <laughs> what do you do for your mental health? Go. Honestly, currently, a lot of sex. I, I when I lived in LA, I was not active. I didn't have a lot of sex when I was in LA because it was hard for me to, to lock it down. I, I'm engaged now, and my guy fuck constantly. It's amazing. It's changed my life. Oh my god! No I one has have, ever said I just fucked my boyfriend for I, my. I I, 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 I didn't have sex a lot in Cali. I'm my. I have the most underutilized vagina in the history of females. Okay, so, that's not true. Have you met some of the elderly lesbians? in Provincetown. Okay. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, a so lot of you sex. sex. So, um no meditating or exercising, just oh, fucking. Uh yeah, a lot of sex cuz that sex is making me lose weight. And sex and meditation, I pray a lot. I pray a oh, lot. Oh, I love that. And I need quiet time. I'm I'm, a, I'm one of those like Amy Schumer with, you know, the, the extrovert introvert. Yeah. I'm same. extroverted when I have to be, but then I got to turn all that shit off. Uh, same. And I will sit in the corner oh, at a party for 3 hours and watch and have a great time. Same. You yeah. know, uh, it's like I've I've been to parties and people are like Tell the host, um, you know, Judy wasn't really funny at the party. She was just I sitting so. there. And I'm like, I'm not Very a funny. fucking clown. You know, right. Yeah. And I, it's true. You want to come home and just be. Yeah. And just be yeah. and watch. Normal. Yeah. And yeah. When, when I'm around anyone who wants me to be on, I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to hang out with you. because Yeah, exactly. And also when they're like, hey, or they come on, they act on around you. And you're like, oh, shut the fuck what, up. Really? Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And the last question. Now I call the podcast Kill Me Now because I I get pissed over everything. Like I have a t- I mean, you know, you've seen my act. Like the stupidest things make me so fucking angry. Yeah. So uh what pisses you off more than anything in the entire like makes you fucking crazy? Mean people. It really drives me insane because I realize more now than ever is that life is so short. Right. People who are negative, people who complain a lot, uh-huh. people who people who talk about themselves incessantly and just really. Oh, narcissistic. It. Yeah. Yeah. And then that kind of thing. And I've been accused of being, you know, like, I don't know. I'm friendships have been hard for me of late because the older I get, the more I, this is why you couldn't find anything about me. I don't talk about myself that much. I don't right. like, I prefer performing right. and podcast every now and then. So, you know, I'm just I, I mean, people really, really make me sad. And I and I realize that it but I'm learning that it's not because they want to be me. A lot of them because of how they were raised. They don't really know how to be nice. But I'm I'm really big on at this point in my life being nice all the time, every day to everyone. Yeah, you have to be. And also be. So easy. I know. And it, it's funny uh, because you you hit 50. I think 50 is a benchmark where you're like. Go fuck yourself. Like, I don't care anymore. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what you think of my jokes, my act. Go f- I Because I've heard it all. You know, yeah. nothing you say to me is going to hurt me anymore. And nothing because, has mattered when I can right. when I gotta pay my bills. I'm like, no one I've ever heard say shit is in my checkbook right now. And I right. got to pay the bills myself. Right, right. So none of that matters. And when you're on stage, this is the most solo job you can have. That's and right. And there, in control. No one there. Right. And you're in control and you're controlling the laughter and go fuck yourselves. Yep. (laughs) That should be the name of your goddamn podcast. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. yourself. (laughs) Wait, Laura, we have to change the name to go fuck yourself. (laughs) 
What do you think? You can't do that. Oh, fucking the title. Okay, whatever. Lame. Like, go fart yourself. Go fart yourself. Oh, yeah, you can't say anything anymore. Anyway, Jackie, thank yeah. you for waking up. Thank you for to do this. For having me. I love you. I can't wait to see you in New York. I'll be back in a couple weeks. I'm going to hang out. We're going to have dinner at the cellar. The two of us are going to make take up a lot of space. Yes. And we're going to fucking talk and everyone can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to hug your tall ass when I see All right. you. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Jackie Fabulous. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the uh, aid, help, and dedication of Brittany Joe Sowards. If you um, have not subscribed or left a review, like really go fuck yourself at this point because I really need you to do that because five stars only, please. Because it helps more people find the podcast. And that way I can do it longer because I actually love doing it, even though it's an, a shitload of work, but I don't make any money. But I could pay my expenses if you would fucking subscribe and leave a review. That's how I talk. That was my mother, by the way. But like in a weird mood because she really talked like this. Anyway, um, so thank you for listening. If you are in the Rehoboth, the Delaware area. I am performing at the Rehoboth, Camp Rehoboth Gala on September 3rd, which is the Saturday night of Labor Day. And you should get your ass there because it's going to be so fucking fun. So much entertainment, so much fun. Also, I uh, will be at the City Winery in Philadelphia on September 17th. City Winery in Philly on September 17th. So I need you to get all of your asses there in the seats so you can laugh because we need to fucking laugh. Okay, so that's all I have to say. I don't know how that mother orange motherfucking piece of shit is not in jail. I really don't. I mean, like, anyone else. I I just don't get it. I don't understand. It's really driving me up a wall, a crazy, but I'm trying not to be angry, 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 but it's really hard not to be angry. And especially watching these people win their primaries who are dumb, racist, homophobic, misogynistic. I just xenophobic, dumb, dumb, and dumber and dumbest. So that's our country now, people. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, Have a wonderful, wonderful end of the summer, even though it's really not the end of the summer because it's going to be hot, hot, hot for a long, long time. Yeah. So recycle. And uh, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. I love all of you. Anyone who's listening to the end, I love you the most. You know, I just want to say that this show will begin this podcast will begin airing on um my mother's what would be my mother's hundredth birthday so this this week's podcast is dedicated to my mother um as are all of my podcasts uh dedicated to my mother because she was one of our first guests she was actually on the first few episodes of the podcast And so I want to wish her a happy 100th birthday, even though she's not here. 
to celebrate it and she'd probably be miserable. She'd probably be like, I can't believe I'm a hundred. So happy birthday, mom. And as we always say, so long.